welcome to the Science of the Local podcast. I'm Hamish Clark. And I'm Kevin Joseph. If I think about it last week or the week before, you had another great conversation. That's right, yes. So uh, I spoke to Dr. Michaela Blyton. She's a research fellow in the Hawkesbury Institute for the Environment at Western Sydney University. Now, full disclosure, I'm employed by Western Sydney University, uh, but I can assure you that there was no conflict of interest. I still hit her with my most hard-hitting questions. Uh, now, Michaela works on the Koala Microbiome Project. So there's a nice little connection there with our last event where we heard all about the human microbiome. Uh, so this time we're hearing about the koala microbiome. Great. My first talk when I moved to, first science talk when I moved to Australia was on the koala. So very exciting. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, um, that interview. And it's, it's a, a little way to find out about one of Australia's iconic species by investigating their fecal matter. <laughs> you're speechless. Um, now, also a little interesting side note, uh, I was trying to line up a podcast with a researcher from the US, but we just couldn't get the time zones to line up. I was busy watching basketball at the time. Uh, her name's Embriette Hyde, uh, and she works on the American Gut Project, which is all about looking, studying the American gut microbiome. But I managed to get a written interview with her, and I'll be posting that up. Uh, or links to it from our Facebook and other websites too. So stay tuned for that. Enjoy the podcast and we'll see you at the next Science at the Local. So thank you for joining me. Nice. Um, can I start by asking what is the Koala Microbiome Project? <laughs> okay, so to start off, um, let's step back and talk about the microbiome. So when we're, when we're talking about the microbiome, we're, we're talking about specifically the gastrointestinal or gut microbiome, mm -hmm. and that includes bacteria, fungi, single-celled protozoa, and, and archaea that okay. are in the gut. Um, most of our research will be focusing on the bacteria. However, mm -hmm. there are those other groups we might be looking at a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so why, um, why the koala microbiome? Mm -hmm. um, so the koala uh, has a really low nutrition diet feeding on eucalyptus leaves. Um, and on top of that, eucalyptus leaves are quite toxic and they contain a lot of plant secondary metabolites um, that the koala needs to deal with. These compounds can bind onto things like carbohydrates and protein and stop the koala getting what little nutrition is in the leaves out of the leaves. They can also be toxic in their own right, make the koala feel sick, or they can be an antifeedant, which is something like chili. It doesn't hurt you to eat it, but if you do, you sort of you don't want to have too much of it. You sort of stop eating that curry that's really, really okay. heavy and chili. And so these compounds are in eucalyptus leaves. Mm. Um, and the koala has a number of adaptations to deal with these toxins. One of them is that they don't do a lot. They sleep a lot. <laughs> they right? sleep a lot. <laughs> um, they also have a lot of enlarged liver and mm. a capacity to detoxify some of these compounds. But it's also thought that the gut bacteria, and more broadly the gut microbiome, may be assisting in their nutrition um, and breaking down some of these compounds for them. Um, koalas are hindgut fermenters, which means that the food comes into their stomach, then into their small, it was broken down, 
into their small intestine, which um, where they absorb a lot of the nutrients. It then goes into their hindgut where it's fermented and broken down by bacteria and potentially they can get some extra stuff out of the food. Okay. So not, not every creature has a hindgut. No. Uh, well, we all have a hindgut, mm -hmm. but not all of us have hindgut fermentation. Ah, okay. Um, so something like a cow mm -hmm. is a foregut fermenter. So the bacteria get first go on the food in a cow. Mm -hmm. So it comes into their, into their rumen, mm -hmm. or, or we think about it as the four-chambered stomach. Mm -hmm. um, and there, there's bacteria in there that ferment it straight away. And the idea is that because their food is so low in nutrients, um, they need the bacteria to break it down first before they can really get anything out of it. Right. Um, and so there, there's those differences there um, between them. Humans, we have fairly limited um, fermentation. We do have some in mm. the hindgut, but it's fairly limited because we have a high-quality diet and we don't need that. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, so it sounds like we know a bit about the koala gut and gut microbes, but obviously not enough to kind of call it quits. Mm. How would you characterise uh, how much work has been done and, and where we need to go? So we sort of have this assumption that the bacteria are doing this role because of the adaptations in the gut. We know fermentation is happening. Um, they have a cecum, which is the special chamber that this fermentation happens in. But we know fairly little about that actual process and what microbes are involved in it and um, also the subtleties of exactly what all of those microbes are doing, what those bacteria are doing. So, um, so how do you find out about what the microbes are doing? So what the first stage of our project is looking at is we want to characterise the gut microbiome over the koala's natural range. So that involves going out in the field, finding koalas throughout Queensland, South Australia, Victoria, um, uh, and New South Wales, of course. Mm -hmm. And um, we can sample the microbiome and we do that just from faecal pellets. Excellent. It's the most... Um, well, it's non-invasive mm -hmm. um, and it gives us a good sh a snapshot of what's going on. Um, and then we collect at the same time, we look at what species of eucalypt they're feeding on. Um, we collect samples from those eucalypts and then we can come back and once we've analysed all of those samples, we can look at, okay, on what particular diet, what sort of microbes are you getting in the gut and we can try and look at associations between the diet and the microbes that they have. Um, and once we do that, we can get a better, better idea of that association between the two. Mm -hmm. um, and that hopefully will then allow us to sort of hone in on some of the really interesting groups of bacteria that mm -hmm. might be playing an important role. Um, and then we'll potentially go on and do some um, other uh, experiments with those particular bacteria. Okay, so you'll start with the pellets and then potentially try and grow the bacteria once you've identified them? or Yeah, so it depends on what bacteria we're going to be aiming sure. for. Mm -hmm. In terms of the characterisation, we do that straight from DNA, okay. um, so we don't need to grow them, mm -hmm. which is great because only 1% of bacteria can actually be grown in the right. lab. Yes. And so by being able to go straight from the DNA, um, we get that complete snapshot mm -hmm. of everything that's there. Um, 
then, but I am also looking at, there's a few bacteria that in previous research, not looking at the whole microbiome, but just doing a bit of culturing, they've suggested might be important. And I'm going to um, grow those ones in the lab and look at some um, finer scale differences between different strains of the same bacteria. Um, yeah. Okay, so is your background in microbiology? My background's kind of um, a mixture. So yes, I'd, I'd have worked in, my, uh, in um, yeah, microbiology before, mm -hmm. my previous postdoc was on that, mm -hmm. um, but my PhD was on possums, mountain brush-tailed possums, and looking okay. at their um, social, social structure and population genetic structure. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've sort of had experience yeah. in both worlds. Makes you <laughs> ideal for this position, I guess. Yeah, I hope so. so so are you still interested in those kind of questions with koalas too? Is that something you could do on the side? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot a lot that we actually don't know about the koala, surprisingly. Mm. Um, for something that's such an iconic species, mm. um, you'd think we'd know everything about it. Um, but a lot of the work has focused on conservation um, issues and actually some of their basic biology is still left to be explored. Um, Things like exactly what's going on with their mating system, what's driving female choice, these mm. sorts of things, mm. still haven't been investigated fully. I mean, mm. there has been some work on yeah. it, but yeah, yeah there's, there's still a lot of scope there. So, mm. yeah. Okay. Um, so, how did you end up getting into those fields then? Um, I think I always had an interest just, um, well, I mean, I suppose my original interest started in population genetics. Mm -hmm. And that was right back in undergraduate. I just yeah. found it absolutely amazing and fascinating that you could get a sample, like a fecal sample or a little little bit of skin or hair, and from that you could find out so much about an animal. You could find out about its immune system. You could find out who its parents were. You could find out generally who it was related to find out it's sex you know um, and there's just this all of these things that you can find out about um, and then I guess I was always interested in animal behavior um, I think that's just kind of growing up with pets and you yeah. see them doing things and, and you're just like oh you know what's going on in their head <laughs> and so you sort of get into that and then um, the microbiology side sort of came later for me and, you know, again, sort of studying these things and realising there's this whole other world mm -hmm. of bacteria out there that are really important mm -hmm. to um, all vertebrates, really, whether you're talking about fish or mammals mm -hmm. or, or reptiles, that we have this intimate association with the, these life forms um, and it can have important ramifications for health, nutrition, ecology, all sorts of things. Um, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> Sometimes I wonder whether um, we're just at the start of, of a, a big wave in research and we'll probably get into other areas of the body, not just the gut. Mm. Maybe we'll expand to viruses um, because, yeah, it seems like there's a lot of attention starting to go to, to those tiny creatures that are everywhere. Yeah. I mean, the gut, the gut has sort of been recognised, I guess, was the first point that we recognised we had this association. But, you know, people are now starting to look at, like in marsupials, like the bacteria that are in the pouch, mm -hmm. for instance. People looking at um, 
skin. So um, we could look at the pouch microbiome project. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, and um, and another really interesting um, area, if you're sort of looking at that social interaction side of things, is um, things like scent glands. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of bacteria that are in scent glands. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, scent glands are used to mark territory, to attract mates, to basically chemical communication between individuals. But that um, that chemical cocktail is being affected by the bacteria that are in that gland. And so that's a really interesting area where you know microbiology and, and social interactions are uh, a meeting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so maybe if I could change tack for a minute and ask you about. Uh, day-to-day uh, -day practicalities of being a scientist. Mm -hmm. Can you describe what a typical day might be like for you? Oh, typical day. That would be hard to pin down. It's <laughs> good. Sounds like there's a bit of variety there. Yeah, definitely. So I guess I probably have like three different types of days, if you like. Yeah. Um, there are the, the days when I'm out in the field. And that, you know, that involves uh, doing an awful lot of walking, mm -hmm. <laughs> tracking, spotting down um, tracking down koalas, um, just spotting them by eye in the tree, placing maps. That hard? Depends where you are. If the koalas' population densities are high, then, then it's not too hard. You're like, oh, there's a koala. There's yeah. a koala. Okay. But in some of, so I was out um, in regional Queensland recently, um, and the population density there is quite low. Um, and it'll probably take you about two hours to find a koala, and they're probably about a kilometre apart, which isn't that far to, to walk in its own right. But if you think that that entire kilometre is trees and you have to search every one of those trees along the way, it yeah, does take... Yeah, I can see how that could be time Yeah, it does take okay, a while. Sorry, go on. So you've got your field work. Yeah. Part of it. And um, then uh, the other type would be in the lab, um, processing the samples, growing things, extracting DNA, um, PCR, so amplifying the DNA. Lemurose chain reaction for the listeners? Yes, yeah. yeah, so amplifying up that DNA so that we have enough of it yeah. to actually look at it. Um, and then I guess my final type of day would be um, would be office work, mm -hmm. which is when you, you get all that data back from the lab and from the field and you're analysing it, um, you're interpreting the results and then you're writing it up mm -hmm. um, as, a, as a paper or publication. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much all of my day, being in the office, but that's, that's okay. I do, I do more of the modelling side of things. Oh, right. <clears throat> Field work for me is when I have meetings with stakeholders, sadly. <laughs> um, but that's okay. There's lots of different kinds of science. Yeah. Um, and so do you enjoy those different aspects equally or do you find the kind of the writing a chore or maybe the, the lab work uh, harder? or? Mm. I'd probably say it fairly equally, really. I really like the mix and mm. the variety. Mm. Um, I, I find, I know a lot of people sort of start out in the field and then they shift sort of more and more onto the analysis side as, mm. as they go. Um, but I really love getting out in the field and I love to get that sort of on-ground knowledge. Um, you know, you go out there and you're collecting particular sets of data you just get a feel for the site as well and then if the data comes back and something sort of pops up that's a little bit unexpected you've got in your the back of your mind what was going on at that site and um, it can help you kind of piece together those unexpected findings where you don't actually have sort of um, you know directly collected data because you weren't expecting 
that sort of thing to be important. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I guess uh, we specialise so much nowadays. We have people who are focused entirely on data collection or analysis or yeah. software development. But uh, as you say, if you can have a have a role in all of those stages, it gives you a perspective that could actually mm. be really useful and productive. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a role for, you know, both types of people, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, somebody that focuses in on one of those aspects can get really, really good at it. Um, but, I, yeah, I think the risk with that, if you don't have anybody that's sort of following it through the entire stage, that, yeah, you can miss some of those connections. Um, so, yeah. So as you see your career developing, do you think you'll be fighting to hold on to that field work? Or? Probably. We'll see how long I can do it, but yeah. I, I would be trying, I yeah. think. Yeah. And so do you ever have any interactions with the koalas, or you try to kind of steer clear of them? Well, most of the work we're doing is, is non-invasive in this first sampling. Um, but um, for some of the, the study sites that I go to, um, I sort of tag along with colleagues that are actually catching the koalas for other purposes. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, in those circumstances, it's, it's more hands-on, but that's for their, for their purposes, yeah, not ours. And we just sort of hang around and collect poo at the same time. <laughs> hey, look, it's, it's all part of the job. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, I might leave it there, but uh, thank you very much for your time, Kelly. It's no been worries. nice talking to you and uh, all the best with your work. Thanks.